Hey, podcast world, it's Josh Trent. You made it. It's wellness and wisdom. This is the place where we explore the most important thing, I believe, on planet Earth, and that is our mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, and financial sides of the wellness pentagon. You know, the house that we live in, we'll never get another one, and newsflash, we're all going to die. Now, that might be a little cryptic, but it's also very true. And hopefully, with this podcast and all the tools that you're gathering on your journey towards wholeness, wellness, completeness, and perfection, you come across certain people like myself, like other mentors, like other friends, just human beings in your life that inspire you. Well, that's what this podcast is all about. It's about bringing you the brightest hearts, the most intelligent minds that are operating at the highest levels in planet earth. So you can take home the things that'll actually allow you to make different choices and be different ways in your life. Now, the cool part about this is I get interviewed all the time. And today's episode is a very special rebroadcast of myself on the Uncover Your Magic podcast with Ashley Goner. Now, we talked about the practical side of mindfulness. She interviewed me about the conversation of why we should say yes more often. Now, I'm going to replace should with get. Why we get to say yes more often. We'll talk about why everything you need to succeed in your life is already inside of you. And I talk about some of my psychedelic experiences. Now, look, I am neither for nor against psychedelics. I think every tool has a beautiful place and a timing. If you yourself are drawn to psychedelics, I would actually suggest that you go to a vision quest first, to a meditation weekend first, or a Vipassana. That's just my two cents. You do your own research. We also round out the conversation with the 11 ways of being a conscious parent and also the power of breath work and the hard pill to swallow why we choose the things that happen for us. It's a catch-22. It's a paradox. We signed up for Earth. We're here. We're in the paradox, baby. Let's listen to this episode. I really enjoyed Ashley. I don't publish every episode that I go on. Some of them are better than others. This was one of the great ones. Discover the practical side of mindfulness with myself, Josh Trent, on the Uncover Your Magic podcast with Ashley Goner. Make sure you go over to Apple and Spotify and subscribe. Let Ashley know that you appreciated this episode. And if you're looking for a full-length guest episode, go to our Tuesday shows. This is where I bring on the most powerful people I know. And when I say powerful, I mean they have open hearts, they have brilliant minds, they're embodied, they're conscious, they're incredible people. Every Tuesday is a full-length episode with all of our arbitrage on YouTube, on our website, joshtrend.com forward slash podcast. If you have been looking for legitimate tools that can actually help you on a physiological and emotional level, Level, you and I both know you have to start with the physical body. This is why I partnered with so many different companies that I've actually run the gamut. I've tested them myself. They're all in our store page. Now, these relationships, I worked really hard to get. Some of the products are up to 40% off. It's way cheaper than Amazon. You can trust me on that. Whether it's Organifi or Paleo Valley or HVMN or MitoZen or Mana any of these companies that I personally use myself on a daily basis, you can find them in our store page. And by the way, that goes for everything, your kitchen, your bedroom, your house, your supplements, everything you could imagine is at joshtrend.com forward slash store. Click over there, save money on things you're already buying. Just get them for a lot cheaper and get them delivered to your house directly. joshtrend.com forward slash store. So please welcome Josh Trent to the show. Welcome, Josh. Ashley, let's do this. Thank you for having me here. Oh my gosh. Uh, So let's go down my, how I found you, Josh. So, you know, I'm, I'm in the health. I've always, you know, I knew Paul check when I used to work at the gym at the sporting club. He used to work out there. (laughs) Oh, in La Jolla. (laughs) Yes. I used to work there. What? Yeah. No way. Well, I I did too. Did we work there together? The Aventine. Yeah. Did we work there together? No. Gosh, oh. what year was that? 20, 20, 2008, 2009, something like that. Oh, okay. No. So I was there yeah. in, uh, the, before like the end of Last ni- from the past. 1992, Actually. probably 93. Wow. When I graduated from college. Yeah. So anyway, I just, I, so I'm, I'm that girl, right? Like workout, healthy, always, you know, million supplements. What's the newest thing? I do Organifi. I know all the stuff you take. Yeah. Um, Love but um, that mana is what drew me to you because I was watching the um, 
this thing. And then I started going down that hole. And I, so yeah. I'm probably on my fourth box and th that's probably how long I've been following you. Listen, yep. shout out oh my not gosh. to like, not to bring this on your show, but you were talking about it. I have it right here. I oh take, my gosh. I sometimes do three packets, four packets a day. Oh, so oh you do? It's okay, replaced my caffeine. Oh I don't my do gosh. caffeine anymore. It's such a difference. I was just I telling my husband, I'm like, if you can swallow it, <laughs> I made my girls swallow it. They're like, mom, I'm going to throw up. Um, <laughs> it's definitely salt of the earth. It, yes, but yeah. I can tell a difference. Yeah. So that's where I yeah, began my Josh uh, deep dive. So I'm, you know, as you podcaster longer than me, I've been, this is, I'm going on my almost, it'll be four years the next year. So three and a half years. Hey, that's and, good. Uh, I'm in my almost 200th episode. Haven't missed a week. Love it so much. Um, so when I learn about someone like getting ready for an interview, like you do, you know, it's just, it, you surprised me and the cool thing that, and why, and I wanted you to explain, I want to explain my background. So I'm an older parent like you, I'm, my children are 14 and 16 or 17. I had them when I was 37 and 40. I know you're 42, right? Yeah, 43, actually. 43. Okay. Yeah. Missed a birthday. Hey. Um, with a newborn girl and then Nova is what? A little two. over two? Yeah, okay. he's two. And so, you know, then I start seeing, oh, he's a dad, you know, met, you know, not married, but in this amazing relationship. And, um, and then I start looking and seeing your story. And I go back and I go, oh, my gosh, he's such a conscious parent because that's me. I've done all my deepest work from the sporting club to before I, I didn't meet Richard till I was 35, but I went to Tony Robbins. I did all the Abraham Hicks. You know, I do all the seminars, everything, you name it, Wayne Dyer. Yeah. I do all that. Right. So I'm yeah. really deep. I do all everything. And I knew when I had children that when I did, it was going to be, we were going to be conscious and intentional. So here I am listening to Josh talk and hearing about his childhood. You know, we all have our childhoods. And as a parent, we tried to create this childhood and you're new in the beginning and I'm a, toward the end. And um, we look back at our childhood and we hopefully try to put the stick in the wheel and, and stop that hamster wheel. <laughs> at least try. So I, I, in 2020, when I started this podcast, I didn't know why it was just this little, something in my head said, Ashley, you got to do a podcast. I'm thinking, well, what? But I do say yes a lot. And I really promote people. You got to say yes. Like Tony Robbins mm -hmm. says, um, and it was right at the pandemic. Two weeks before I signed up for this class was when I had to go pick the girls up from school. And I said, Oh, that's why I started this podcast. I'll have all the time in the world, right? I'm not going to be driving them around. And, and so all of a sudden, I have like three solo, solo episodes out. We're in the middle of this pandemic or the pandemic that we, I can call it too. Um, and I have every parent that is listening, help my kid. Can you help my kid? Uh, people at, in my dining room, these little kids that are, these parents are like, they're struggling, they're struggling. And your kids are not because they know everything's working for them. And, you know, we see the height, we come from the higher perspective. They've been, you know, programmed in this certain way, like you mm -hmm. are programming your children. So when I look back at your, when you, I, I want to say, I would love for you to start because you use your traumas or your your moments of you know if you think the dark night of the soul people talk about or the dark you know the lower parts of life yeah. um and you've moved it to this level <laughs> that is just beautiful and i am so in awe of the way you've turned that into you've you've put the the spoke in the you've changed that hamster wheel I guess I could say. So let's go back to 25 or 21. It's when you're at the party, you're um, drinking, you look down at your stomach and you're like, oh my gosh, get me out of here. Oh, I love it. I love the prep you did. Wow, Ashley. Thank you. Yeah. Um, alcohol is a really interesting distraction tool. And for me, it was no different. I was trying to distract myself from how I felt. 
And so, you know, I didn't have much emotional intelligence at the time. Of course, my my physiology and my heart was screaming at me. I just didn't have my panels clean to hear it. So I got to this place where, like you said, I was 21 and it was at by SDSU. I think it was at a house party drinking there, much like people do in their low 20s. Right. And for a long time, I had battled weight issues. And really what I know now is they're connected to a sense of self-hatred and a lack of self-love, you know, this illusion of separation that we all tend to believe either from ourselves or others. And so drunk on the illusion, I was drunk on beer at that time. (laughs) And I looked down at this stomach and I saw it hanging over and I just, I felt so much hatred for myself and I felt so much disconnection from my family. And I just felt like the world was out to get me. I mean, it's a classic victim archetype. Right, Caroline right. Mice, one of the yes, one of the that. four survival archetypes. So, so, in this victim archetype, the best thing that can happen is to get propelled forward by anger, because anger is more powerful than despair. Despair is very close to apathy. If you look at the Hawkins scale, it's very mm-hmm. low vibration. So, I got to this place where I used anger, and I ran home drunk, and I got home. And I, I think at the time I had this huge computer, you know, the kind where you'd have to actually physically pick them up. Right. This is back in the day, y'all. This is like, maybe our laptops were just coming out then. I don't know, 2000, <laughs> 2001. And I got home and I, I think I typed in a, a phrase like, how do I be healthy or how do I lose weight? Something like that. And that took me on this 18 month journey of like losing almost 90 pounds and wow. gaining some back and then just being so disconnected from everything that it was when I lost the weight that I started to feel connected to myself. But the fuel source, the substrate was not sustainable because I was trying to lose weight so that women would accept me so that I would have some kind of connection with the feminine because for so long I had been overweight and you know, an overweight man is not attractive to the feminine because it signals something deeper. So the feminine are really smart in that way. So anyways, long story short, I sold everything I owned. I moved to Oahu one of the islands of Hawaii. And I I found surfing and I found hiking and I just found nature. I found this feminine cooling that I had been searching for my whole life. And, you know, my mom did the best she could and my dad did the best that he could. And look, sometimes the best that parents do, it's just quite simply not enough. And that's okay. It's not to shame them. It's not to make right. them wrong. It's just simply not enough. And so without the proper tools and with the self-hatred and with the lack of self-awareness and without emotional intelligence, I was ripe. <laughs> I was ripe, <laughs> Ashley, for a reckoning, you know, a, a soul reckoning. And sometimes when these soul reckonings come, they come when you least likely expect them or they come with the largest amount of pain. But on the other side of pain is the most joyous life you could ever imagine. Right. And so, you know... There's there's a lot of magic to uncover on the other <laughs> side of pain. Yes. You really want to uncover your magic. So I am in Hawaii and I'm I'm learning about nature and the ocean and just just feeling good finally for the first time in so long. And I found personal training out there. And I'll never forget, I was talking to this fitness manager at a 24-hour fitness there. And he was like, Hey, you should I've seen you get good results since you've been in the gym here. You should, you should think about training people. And I was like, training people, what is that? <laughs> what is training? And then I got so attracted to that line of work. I did it for 10 years. It was the most beautiful thing. And I got to the end of my career as a trainer, but I didn't know it yet. Because really what was beckoning me forth was the fact that I was shining this super bright light on my clients and on everyone else and making everybody else's life awesome. But guess what part of me was still dark? It was the part of me that was holding the flashlight, shining light on other people. And there was still this darkness in between me and the light because I hadn't turned the flashlight around and shined it on myself. And this is what chiropractors, physical therapists, yoga instructors, trainers, like we've all done it. So it's not to shame us. I think it's just part of the evolution. It's part of our maturation. So then I got to this point where I literally had a dark night of the soul. I was was done with training. I put my mom in a mental home. My mom struggled with pretty severe bipolar at the time. I broke up with a woman I thought I was going to marry. I mean, it was like in the course of, in less than six months, it was like three big uppercuts to my chin. (laughs) I didn't know what I was going to do for work. I didn't have any financial security. I had no relationship that I thought I was going to have. And sacral chakra family was in trouble. So what did I do? I 
cried. I packed up all my shit in duffel bags and I put it in my Subaru and stayed in my friend's place in La Jolla in a spare bedroom in the beginning of 2015. And I just had a night where I was looking at the Omni La Costa in Carlsbad. And I was just crying to God. I was literally crying and I was shaking and I was just like, I'll never forget the the Mexican tile on the outside of his deck overlooking the mm-hmm. golf course, super late at night with the fog rolling in. It was like a scene from a movie. And I just cried to God and I said, God, if you want my life to be like this, if this is what life is supposed to be like, I don't want to be here anymore. This is not what I want. And I just I made a, a promise to myself and I made a promise to God that night. It's like, if you just please show me the way, like show me the breadcrumbs, show me what I'm supposed to do. Just guide me, give me something, show me that you're real, then I won't have to leave the planet. Now, I'm not saying that I was going to commit suicide, but I surely didn't want to go back to where I was. I think you've been there and maybe we've all been there. You ever get to a place where you're absolutely done with the path you're on and you will never in blood mm. on your life, on the life of your children, on your soul, never go back to what you had before. Right. That's where I was. And so I said, I'm either going to make this work and do what I want to do, which is holding conversations that are powerful and conscious and move people and tell great stories and uncover all the wisdom that I've learned and will learn, or I'm not going to do anything. I'm literally not going to do anything. I went into $80,000 in debt. I didn't have any roadmap to be an entrepreneur. I ended up getting out of that debt later on, which is a whole other story you, through the power of money and, and the relationship that I have with money now and my own maturity and my own spiritual maturation process. But yeah, like story within a story within a story, the dark night of the soul, I feel like for most of us repeats every three to five, seven years. I think we're meant to do that because healing is a spiral. And I didn't know it at that time, but the spiral that I was on was bringing me up and forward. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know it because it didn't quote feel like it because I my nervous system and my psyche and my consciousness had not been open to the will of God to the unfolding of the magic of the universe it's just not something I was aware of and so that was the beginning of a true spiritual process for me where I actually had to trust something besides myself the probably the first time in my whole life I'd ever trusted an ever present loving energy that was guiding me because I literally had nothing else to give. I had no more fuel. I had no more anything. I was empty. I was fucking empty. And so when I cried on that tile and I had this moment where I came back in the room and I had this rickety plastic stand in the spare room that I was staying and I I was like, you know, I'm going to buy a new laptop. I don't even know how I'm going to afford it. I'm going to buy a new laptop. I'm going to buy the, the equipment that I need. I'm going to take this seriously. And that that one moment with God started a, a momentum for me. It started an evolution, which I believe evolution is really just how much I love myself, how much I'm willing to pay attention to, like you said, the words in your head that made you start a podcast or, right. or the little tickles we get that are that turn into sledgehammers to quote Gay Hendricks, if we're not paying attention, like I paid attention to that tickle and the voice was just keep going. And that was what God's voice said was just keep going. And that repeated over the course of my life, by the way, that phrase, just keep going. It happened in vision quests. It's happened in ceremonies. And um, yeah, that's what led me here to you nine years, almost nine years later. I know. But when I think about it, it's not even been 10 years since that moment in La Costa. No. Yeah. And it's like, I want to talk about, because you you went into, um, you found mentors, you've done your plant medicines, you've now discovered breath work. I'd love to go into that. But um, before we do that, I want you to explain, like, when you when you do have that, like the trust, you, you have that moment, because I was with you and I saw the tile and the, the mist in the air, because I've been to that golf course and I can picture living in Carlsbad. That was where my spa was. Yeah. And I've lived in Carlsbad. Um, you know, when I'm sitting there listening listening to you, because I've had I my moment when it when you're asking me, you know, like you've had those moments and I I went back to my moment. And I remember thinking, I this has got to change. Like I can't continue. I can't, there's got to be more to this. There's got to be more. And it's that that moment you make that decision, it like, I feel like for me, it's like the, it's the trusting and the surrendering to just follow those breadcrumbs and just go. Like, I think I just kept going and picking those up and saying yes more and kept moving forward and listening and trusting that voice. And I, knowing that, and I was probably 
when that moment happened, like late twenties, um, when I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to figure this out. But what explain that moment because people a lot of times why why you come to my mind of like, wow, he really he he really listened and he did trust and surrender and go and say yes to the just saying yes to the podcast, right? Like starting a podcast, you're the first one, the first well, this the one you run now, but change the name. But you just what is that? What do people when they're listening? I'm thinking of what people will listen when they're listening to you and me say, gosh, you guys figured it out and started going down that other yellow brick road. Mm-hmm. What is that? It's the acceptance that you don't have it figured out, but you're willing to move forward anyways. That's yeah. that's really what that is. It's a belief. It's a faith. You know, those terms can be interchangeable depending on if you really feel the energy of the etymology of those two words. It's like when I have faith in something, I'm having faith and I have a belief and I have a a knowing regardless of the evidence that's around me, regardless of what my environment looks and feels like or sounds like. I believe in my heart, I've created a choice point within myself. And from that choice point, I decide how to act because truly the magic of everything which I love that title in your podcast, the magic of everything in life. I'm 43 and I'm just like, wow, this just popped for me recently. And I learned it in a training in 2014. And it really, it's, it took this long <laughs> for it to stick, right? <laughs> it's, this, it's a concept that goes right to the heart of your question. Because the heart of your question is, what is that? What is that that makes people move forward towards their heart, towards their dreams, towards the magic they want to create in their life, yet they don't have any evidence around them that it's real. They only believe it with their eyes closed when they feel their heart, when they breathe, right? Mm-hmm. So at the core of this, the answer is encapsulated in the question itself. And this is the paradox of the universe that we all dance with. It's so crazy. So if I want to have something, then who do I get to be? And who do I get to be that does certain things? that allows me to have the thing that I want, but we do it freaking backwards. And I did it backwards forever. Yes, I thought if I have this, if I do this, then I can be successful. It's fucking backwards. I'm here to tell you, if you take one thing from this podcast, just listen very closely here. Your life and uncovering your magic and living your dream is accomplished by you being, doing, and then having. Yes. That's it. That's the trick. That's the trick that we've all been puppeteered on right. by society and the media and pharmacology and agribusiness and everything we've ever been taught since we were in our mother's womb and before they were in their mother's womb has been feeding us this complete bullshit story that you have to have this and then you're loved. You have to do that and then you're accepted. You have to have this look and then you'll be loved. It's all bullshit. I'm here mm-hmm. to tell you. Everything that you need and I need is within us now, right now, not five minutes from now or not when I get, quote, fully healed. Right. Everything that we need is within us now. It's just the uncovering process. It's, it's how do we uncover our magic? Because the magic that we're really uncovering is this. When we decide that we are loved, when we decide that we are valuable, when we decide that we're worthy, I mean, it makes me emotional just telling you about it. It's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. When we decide these things and we feel them in our heart and we feel them in our being, that's when the universe reorganizes itself around us. Mm-hmm. There's n- there's nothing that can get in the way of that. Yeah, you might have challenges, but that's part of the healing spiral. That's part of evolution. Right. Oh, but that's 100%. the magic. That's the thing. That's your question. What is that? How do they, how do they do that? Well, they do that by being that first. We right. be a great mother, a great father, a loving human then we do the things that a great father, a great mother, a loving human would do in the world. And then guess what? We have an amazing family. We have a beautiful body. We have money in our bank account, but we're all taught backwards. And that is the grand facade that everyone has been force-fed, almost like geese being you know, fed so their liver gets fat. They're mm-hmm. fed food. We are all fat and drunk on lies that have nothing to do with loving ourselves, accepting ourselves, being worthy in our hearts. That's the ticket. That's the secret. It took me so freaking long to learn it. And I'm still embodying it, by the way. Right. There's still moments that come up from childhood and just from programming. And and also the collective, if you look at Jung's work, right? The collective comes through our dreams and embodies in archetypes 
that are sometimes, you know, Caroline Mice describes them as the as the core survival archetypes, but there's three more. There's the mother and the father and the and the Imago Dei. Right. So these these archetypes run our lives. We just don't know it yet. But in all of these archetypes, there is there is this wisdom and this solution in the problem itself that if we can just take a breath, pull way above the problem, loosen our grip on, on our model of the world and look down and say, wow, how can I be more loving to myself in this moment? How can I be more loving to someone else? How can I treat myself and others with respect and care and worthiness? I promise you the answers will come way faster than it did for me crying to God on a towel floor in the middle of the night with fog in the air. You don't have to have <laughs> those moments. Maybe we do. Maybe that's part of the story, Ashley, is like mm-hmm. we we have to have these dark nights of the souls or this healing spiral, spiral repeated times in order for it to stick because... If you've been to Robbins, you know there's two motivations, pain and pleasure. So for me, I'm more motivated now by pleasure. What can I do for my family? How can I provide? How can I give to my audience? That's the magic. That, that's mm. how we uncover it. Oh, I love it. That's the best answer anyone's ever given me on this show. <laughs> so glad I asked you that. Um, so I know we you believe in God and we're all one and I have we have similar um, beliefs. And um, I look at I want to ask you, so when you look at your childhood and your mom and dad, who you, I believe that we pick our parents. Do you believe in that? I believe the same thing. Okay. Yeah. Because that's an empowering belief, regardless, this is kind of, sorry to interrupt you. I'll I'll, I'll let you finish. Regardless of, even in your question, there's already an answer bubbling up. Regardless of the fact that we did or did not choose our parents, which one's more empowering? Now, this is where it starts to Mm. glitch people's psyche. Where they're like, what do you mean I chose my parents? And that's fine. That's part of the ego. And and I believe that for a long time. Whatever. I didn't choose the abuse. I didn't choose the pain. No way I consciously chose that. It's all unconscious. It's Mm -hmm. at an unconscious level. It's unconscious incompetence. We don't even know that we don't know why we chose them. And that's why the grand mystery unfolds. So that's that's wrapped in your question. Right. I had to to put that in there. But please... No, Please fire, fire away. But you, you know, coming from you know, looking at your life, and you always talk. I say, you know, from the higher perspective, and you talk about thirty thousand. What do you talk? How do you say that? Thirty thousand feet. Yeah, yeah thirty thousand feet. Like you're an airplane. Yeah, and you're looking down at your life, and you see your childhood, and you see it up until you had that moment when you were 21, and you see how your mom raised you. By she was bipolar. You didn't have a great connection with your dad. He left when you were little. But when you chose those two souls to be your parents in this lifetime. And now look at you. You chose, and I'm going back to the same thing. You've you've stopped the hamster wheel. And I yeah. so when I'm with these parents and these kids that I'm working with now with for the past like three, four years since I um, you know, it came to me. Um it's the conscious parenting. It's the ones that are here with me on Zoom. Help my kid. You know, we need to change this. I have grandparents that are trying to help their grandkids because they see the hamster wheel continuing. And they're mm. like, see their their children rent, wrecking, raising these children so uncon- like with just what they know, right? But I want you to tell me the, your story on how you see it 30,000 feet above of your parents and why you chose them and all those, those um I don't know. There, I don't say trauma, but the things that the beliefs, the limiting beliefs that you learn, you know, we are all pretty much programmed till we're seven and they did that. They programmed you and you figured a way to deprogram that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, let's go in three gears. Let's go first, second, third gear. Okay. So the very first gear, if you downshift, we could just climb up a mountain here. Um, we are all brought into this world with a certain contract now whether you fall whether you follow any spiritual teacher is irrelevant there is just certain things that some people innately are gifted at would you agree some people are just innately gifted at some things yes exactly okay so how do we explain that what how do you actually put a meaning on that i think that's what the spiritual teachers in both you know contemporary and ancient have tried to do with this concept of dharma or this concept of a, of a soul contract. So whatever nomenclature that we want to put on it today, put mm-hmm. that on it and, and make it feel good. That's the first gear. I came into this world with a contract to be born into a family where my mother was doing the best she could, but she was struggling with her own mental health. 
I signed a contract before I came into this world to be the son of a father who was struggling with his own mental health, with his own issues from his parents. So if you want me to go now second gear and we can fly way above my own life story, which is, by the way, a microcosm of every single human story. I don't care if you were born into a millionaire family, if you were born in South Central, however and whenever you came into the world most of my story will resonate with you because we've all experienced it. This is like a universal thing for human beings. So if we go 30,000 feet and I look down and I can float above my timeline and I can see exactly how and when it happened. And I knew that I was an egg in my mother when she was born from my grandmother. Think about that. Right. If you look at the work of Mark Wolin, it didn't start mm -hmm. with you and generational trauma and family constellations. I was an egg inside of my mother when she came out of my grandmother. So on a, on a very visceral, psychological, and, and physical level, I was already predestined to have the life I'm having now to sign the contract I signed to be here now when my mother was born in 1949, mm -hmm. which then connects to my grandmother being born in the early 1900s and my relatives in Sicily, and then all the way back to time itself. Now, this is a very esoteric concept, and it's hard for people to grasp. But if literally you and I are breathing the same air, we all come from the same creator, whether you're atheist or Christian or whatever, you cannot deny that we are a creation. So something created us out of no thing, by the way. That's another concept. Mm -hmm. So regardless of your beliefs, like we came here. So part of us coming here is in the recapitulation and the repatterning of how does life happen for me instead of to me or against me? That is maturity. and. To the degree that you've had capital T trauma or low, lowercase t trauma in your life, that is the degree of that trauma, how much you are destined to mature in this lifetime. The more trauma, the more problems, the more growth potential. It's not easy. Nobody said it would be. But looking back, when I float above my timeline, I can say, wow, at 43, I have true understanding and compassion for what my father went through being raised by a hyper-religious father himself that didn't ever say anything, that lived on the plains in Wyoming in the early 1900s and had thin shoes where he wore a, a hole from his toe in the leather, like true poverty. Like that's the, that's the underpinnings of my lineage and my family in Sicily that came over to, to Ellis Island that had a number in chalk written on their clothing and they were given a name. Can you imagine what our ancestors went through? Like what the suffering and the true pain that we can only even begin to imagine. Like that's the roots of where we came from. And then even before that, how we murdered an entire, an entire race, essentially took away their culture, Native Americans. And then we came over from, I'm going to go deep here because you wanted me to go into the full story. So we came over from England and we were oppressed. And when we landed in 1776, guess what we did? We unconsciously started treating the people exactly like we were treated. We came to America because we wanted to be free, yet we took the freedom of the Native Americans and killed all their people and killed their culture. So what I'm saying is when we look back, we, we have to be conscious. I'm conscious of the meaning that I put on the trauma that has occurred on my dad leaving, on my mom having bipolar, all of these things, all of these things, all of these things. I could probably sit here and we could list 500 things that hurt really bad. And we all could do it. You could do it. I could do it. Everybody. Right. But the only thing that propels us forward and that actually gives us fuel for life is the love and compassion and understanding for what they went through mm -hmm. or what mom and dad went through for what grandpa and grandma and greats and great-greats and great-great-greats, what did they go through? I had this moment in a vision quest once. Mm, good. I'm glad you're going to say this. Okay. I was going to ask you that. Go. I had it. I had this moment because I, I realized that, and it was after four days of fasting. I'll just, just quickly here. So we're all floating above my timeline, but I want everybody to float above their life too. Mm -hmm. Because everything that I'm saying and that I'm about to say is you too, because right. we all come from the same creator, right. the same creation. So I'm in a vision quest and I, I reach down after four days of fasting, literally just water for four days out by myself, no speaking, no technology, nothing. You are out there in nature and it's just you and your breath and your thoughts and your connection with spirit. That's it. And a sleeping and, bag and like- And a, a sleeping bag and, and like a little tarp. Tarp, right? Yeah, yeah but no tent, tent right. no 
No luxuries, just okay. just enough to keep warm and semi-comfortable. I mean, it ain't that comfortable. Right. <laughs> Sleep on the ground. <laughs> so so I, I get back to the group and we're sharing. And uh, I had, I mean, full-blown psychedelic experiences, fasting in nature. Way more potent than ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. Way more potent than any breath work I've done. Because I was actually able to have communion with my own soul and my own psyche. I had a conversation with my grandpa where I thanked him. I had a conversation with God. I had conversations with relatives. I mean, it was wild, Ashley. Oh, I love it. it was freaking wild. But I got back and I reached down and I grabbed this handful of pebbles. And I said, wow, you know this. And I was talking to the group and I said, when I hold all of these pebbles in my hand, it was probably a hundred pebbles or something. This, each one of these pebbles was a time that I decided to close my heart that I decided because of being hurt, because of someone else's actions, I decided to disempower myself and close my own heart. And so when I drop these pebbles, I'm dropping all the times that I decided to close my own heart. I'm letting those go. Mm. And I, I mean, I'm crying right now just talking about it. And so the group was crying. It was just this powerful metaphor of like, well, we all walk on pebbles. We all pick them up. We all get rocks in our shoes, you know, but, but these are things that we actually have the power. And this is the key. We all have the power to let them go, but we have to choose to love ourselves enough to let them go mm. so that they don't make us sick, so that they don't cause disease, so that there's not psychoneuroimmunology making us completely unwell. And so that was this vision quest, really gem of wisdom that came through it was like, we can all drop the pebbles if we'd like, but maybe sometimes in our journey, we hold on to the pebbles because the pain is actually what connects us to the person right. or the pain is actually what you know unconsciously connects us to the thing that gives us identity. Mm-hmm. Some people have identity as overcomers. Look at the phrases that are out there. I'm a cancer survivor. It's like negative language. Right. It's terrible language. Oh, yeah. so, so really what, what my story and, and all of this is about is about looking down touching your heart, forgiving yourself, forgiving your parents, letting them off the hook. It doesn't mean that you have to forget everything. It doesn't mean that people get to treat you poorly now and in the future. It just means that you release the pebbles, you release the cords, you release the strings of them holding your power. Anytime I'm I'm vicious or anytime I'm resenting someone else, there's a there's literally and this has been measured by science, there is an energetic attachment to me and that person. Mm-hmm. You ever have a friend where like 30 years later, they're still talking about how their ex screwed them over? Right. <laughs> it's like, get over your shit, right. but not to shame you, but like, hey, let me give you some tools and resources where you can finally cut that cord and move on with your life here because it's making you fat, sick, depressed, and that's why you're not with someone else right. because you're still attached to the past. So that's been a big, a, a, I would say the biggest journey for me. The biggest journey it. for me is this continual process, Ashley, of like when the spiral comes around, because they always do. Mm-hmm. It comes around and maybe it's healed. It comes around, maybe it's not. Every time the spiral comes around, I ask myself, all right, how can I love myself a little bit more in this moment? How can I love you a little bit more in this moment? How can I just accept and have meaning and understanding? And what what meaning can I put onto the events? Because, and this is another concept that's crazy, all the things that happen, they're totally neutral. Right. Everything that occurs is just an occurrence. If yeah. you look at facts, it's the meaning that we attach yeah. to it. Right. And I'm not negating, and I'll wrap this up. I'm not negating people that have had sexual abuse, physical abuse, death, loss. These are very intense things. But the only way we can truly be at cause, which is not at fault, I can be at cause for something, but not at fault for it. Mm-hmm. The only way I can be at cause is to understand that I chose it at some level. Yeah, I chose exactly. it. I chose exactly. these events. Oh gosh. So it's not an easy pill to swallow, but like that's at 30,000 feet where we can all take an honest look at is how is this happening for me? Yes. Oh, ego doesn't like that, that though. Ego's upset when you say that. Ego's like, what the hell do you mean this happened for me? Right. You should you hear crazy? my kids, my girls. I've, they've, they've heard that from me from day one. And it's always like, well, what is the, there's something in that for me, mom. And I said, exactly. I mean, our, you will have the same vocabulary, the same conversations with your kids, but it's so amazing to come to this stage of their life and to hear them 
um, regurgitating everything I thought I didn't know was really working. And now it's like, oh, it did work. <laughs> they did learn everything from the things that I was inputting. But I love the, I want you to explain yeah. before we get into, I want to get into the breath work. But um, I want you to explain you had a mentor, you're at some retreat, and he had you write a list of everything you wanted in a relationship. And then he switched it with you. Because I think that oh, technique, yeah. uh, that's a cool, I think people would really um, get a lot out of that because they can actually do that. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's been a long time since I've thought about that, actually. It was in Las Vegas, um, 2017, hmm. a couple of years after I started the show. And I had gotten some traction. Back back in the day, the show was called Wellness Force Radio because I really loved, at my current level of development, I loved um, this idea of harnessing the force of nature, harnessing water, harnessing wind. You know, We're all born with this force inside of us. But I later on, and I'll get back to your question, later on, I, I, I found that I actually did not resonate with the term force anymore. Um, the etymology and the energy of the tone of the word force uh, mm -hmm. did not do it for me anymore. I'm not trying to force things in my life any, at all. I, I replaced force with wisdom. So now the podcast is wellness and wisdom. Your partner and, did that, by the way. You're oh, beautiful. you are good. Ashley, look, you guys, Ashley is good. Okay, she does her... <laughs> She does her work right now. Yeah, so we did a, a small mushroom journey. Not a, not a huge dose, just enough to open hearts and and breathe. And and I was explaining to her like I I just didn't feel an integrity with what I was doing anymore. It just didn't feel right. The word right. wellness force. And so she turned to me and she said, "Well, why don't you just replace it with wisdom? Because isn't that what you're doing?" And I was right. like, "Boom!" Like <laughs> light bulb, and that was it. Like that was I knew. You know, you ever get an idea and it sticks to you. Yes, I love it. Like that, that was what happened. So, so yeah. So now to backtrack, um, I really, I really think that, and it's funny, I don't talk to this person anymore in Vegas, but at the right time, when we're all walking our path, we get attached to certain mentors and teachers. Mm -hmm. And they may serve us for a while, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean they have to serve us forever. Right. It's just a beautiful timing of like us on the path. So, so he he took me through this weekend in Vegas, and I was really struggling at the time. I was like I said, I was eighty thousand dollars in debt. You only had, you paid him two thousand dollars. I paid him like literally like my last right. money in the bank. It was like all I had, and I just trusted. I was like, you know what? Another surrender experiment. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> me. Right. Another surrender experiment. Like I'm just gonna trust again. I love it. And I would say like every single time I do that, it works out. Yes. By the too, way, for 100%. all of us, every single time we fully surrender and trust the thing mm -hmm. that we know is right. When we bypass the mind and when mm -hmm. we just trust, it always works out. So he takes me through an exercise that was very powerful. And I think we all get to do this maybe once a year. And he said, I want you to write down everything that you want in a business partner. Like, what are their characteristics? What are their attributes? What's their personality? What do you enjoy about them? And I was in my mind, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking? You want to write down all these things? Okay, cool. And then the second part was even more confusing. He came back 30 minutes later and I had done, I'd written down like 20 things. And he said, good. Now I want you to write down everything that you want in a partner, everything you want in a woman, you know, the mother of your children. And then I was like, what? What is the point of this exercise? Like, <laughs> right? I didn't get it at my level of development. And he came back about 30 minutes later and he said, Great, I want you to cross off the ones that are based on physical intimacy. And I want you to circle the ones and match up the ones that are exactly the same because they are exactly the same. What you want in relationship is exactly what you want in business. And that's exactly how you get to show up in life. And it was like a complete brain melt and consciousness expansion because. I was always approaching business as what can I get? How can I grow? Who can I know? How can I climb the ladder? I was just like in full scarcity mode. Right. And that decompression and peacefulness, it gave me a starting point to approach business and life in a different way. And of course, many, many, many lessons came after that, right? But that was a really big pivotal adjustment. Like, it took me one degree starting in San Diego, where I would have either ended up in Russia or Hawaii. And thank God I met him because it, it clicked me one degree over and allowed mm -hmm. me to actually get somewhere amazing. That's oh. sometimes all we need, you know, to get 
to get to our real dream to to have our magic is right. is just one degree. We we don't need the golden ticket. We don't have to have like the the millions of dollars. We don't have to have the perfect connections. All we need is like one degree of adjustment, mm-hmm. one little degree of adjustment, and that can mean the world. That can mean the the uncovering of so much magic and so many good things that you couldn't even believe they would be possible. If somebody would have told me that I'd be sitting here with you now with what's transpired since then with many adjustments, I would have not believed you. I would have right. said, eh, maybe for someone else, you know? Right. I love But that. here we are. Yeah. I love doing that. So you went, you've gone down the plant medicine journey and then you discovered breath work. And now you have decided that the plant medicine is not necessary anymore and you've out you've moved on and you now teach breath work and i love even i've i've interviewed people with breath work and i've done breath work i've done breath work back in sandy when when i lived in carlsbad i had a day spa so that was like 2001 maybe and i had hired these women that would come in and they did this the you know all the things that we talk about now I, they were coming to me then and i did this breath work with this woman she wanted me to hire her and i'm thinking who's going to do breath work like it you know it was just not even a word back then yeah. you know yeah. and so but when i hear you the way you describe breath work cuz you go into the scientific everything it's like so interesting but you are such a believer in it. And I've done some breath work with you as I've been walking <laughs> when I listen to you and I'm listening to a podcast and I'm really doing the breath work and I understand that and how you can be, you can get, you'd go, you tell me, you, you just explain that where you're at with this breath work because it's incredible. Yeah. I actually, I thought I knew a lot. And then once on a podcast, uh, I was interviewing a guest and he said, are you aware of what's breathing you? And I was like, yeah, yeah, my body's breathing me. And he said, no, what created you is breathing you. God is breathing you. Inspiritus is Latin, right? To mm-hmm. inspire. So I'm inspiring myself when I breathe. So when I take a big nasal breath and I fill my belly, we could just do it right now. Oh, I did. And actually, if you look at James Nestor's work, it's somewhere between three and five seconds in, three and five seconds out, repeated, that gives you the biggest parasympathetic shift. Okay. So breath work is, yes, it's the conscious and unconscious. It's the voluntary and involuntary lever. It's the only thing that we can do, Ashley, that allows our nervous system to relax. Yes, you can go drink. Yes, you can watch TV. Yes, you can eat chocolate ice cream till you puke. You can do all these things. I'm not saying you can't do them. And you might get some temporary reprieve. But I think what we're all looking for and what drew me to do and understand and practice and teach breath work was I wanted sustainable peace. I wanted sustainable growth. I wanted something that I could rely on that was my ally, my friend that I could go to in any situation where I felt unsafe or I felt like I couldn't do it or I'm not enough or when the monkey mind is crazy. So there's a a few key aspects of breathing, right? The number one is the big one that I want everybody to really get. It's the, it's the only lever we have for our central nervous system. It's the only thing that is voluntary and involuntary. That's the number one. Something breathes us, which is God, and we choose to breathe, which is us. Mm-hmm. That's the most beautiful and most simple part of breathing and breath work that I could ever say. So that's number one. Number two is there's so much physiology and changes going on in our body. We actually have four diaphragms, right? People think of the diaphragm behind the solar plexus as one. There's actually four, right? Mm-hmm. The perineum, the diaphragm here, a diaphragm in our throat, and one in our cranial that the cerebral spinal fluid filters through. So when we do conscious connected breathing, we not only get a recycling of energy through the body, but we also get our cerebral spinal fluid to recycle. We get all of our chakras to be nourished by the breath. And we get a physiological dose of serotonin and of catecholamines and of all these positive hormones. And here's the coolest part. I mean, I've already like sold you on breathing, right? right? Exactly. <laughs> There's totally. more. There's more. When you do 
conscious connected belly breathing specifically. A lot of people, they breathe through their scalenes and their sternocleidomastoid and they have forward head posture. If you can open up the front of the body and if you can breathe with your neck open, if you can breathe up from your belly into your throat and then back down from your throat, exhale through the belly. So I always cue it like inhale through the nose, belly rises, exhale through the mouth, belly falls. And that's a really easy cue for all of us. Inhale through the nose, belly rises, fill your belly like it's a balloon. Exhale, belly falls. Let your, let your belly button go to your spine. What's happening there is we have this thing, not thing, massive, beautiful intelligence in our body called the enteric nervous system. And in the enteric nervous system, it's actually what helps regulate our stress. It's a hard wiring to the brain. It's a hard wiring to the CNS, their brother and sister, the ENS and the CNS. And the enteric nervous system goes all the way up the spine and it has nerve endings like tree roots. If you look at a cadaver, when you inhale and expand and contract and relax the diaphragm, you're actually physically toning, you're physically uh, breathing, and you're physically pushing onto the nerve endings of your vagus nerve. Now, the vagus nerve is the prime determinant of how relaxed you are. You, we've all heard the term vagal tone. So when you're vagally toned, that means that the muscles and the afferent and efferent nerves that are going on in the ENS and the CNS, they're toned. They, they like each other. They have a relationship with one another. That's what toning is. It's not about like getting a bigger bicep. It's about activating neurons and activating uh, communication between cells. So all of that included the nitric oxide benefits of nasal breathing, the release of stress anti-stress hormones, the release of happy hormones, not to mention weight loss. I've had people take the breathe program and have weight loss benefits because they realized they weren't breathing at night and they were just eating the chocolate ice cream oh, and they didn't stop to breathe. I mean, if we could do one more bomb drop on your show, it's like, take away this one other thing from the podcast. Most And speak, coming from a guy that was 280, I know this right. path. Most of the time when we're eating food that we know we promised ourselves we wouldn't eat mm -hmm. or when we're watching porn or buying things we don't need or having arguments to distract ourselves from the real painful stuff, all of this could be solved by us doing five to 10 conscious breaths. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you, if you had a plate of Funyuns or whatever, whatever the cheat food is, right. If you had a plate of something that you promised yourself you wouldn't eat, but yet you feel driven to do it because it's an addiction that's formed in the limbic brain that you know is going to give you temporary reprieve when really you're just seeking peaceful, sustainable peace, the best thing you can do is just breathe in through your nose, belly rises, breathe out through your mouth, belly falls. Do that five to 10 times, then look at the food. And then if you've done enough training, you'll just realize that it had nothing to do with you being hungry. It had nothing to do with the food at all. It was that your body was seeking peace. Your nervous system wanted homeostasis. Your nervous system wanted to rest in itself instead of out of body or disassociation, which is what happens with people with manic eating patterns or you know overeating patterns that are really deleterious to their health. So that's like the tip of the tip of the iceberg for breath work. There's so much more. We, yeah, we can talk about if we have time, we can talk about the default mode network as well. But that's a really big piece to understand is we all can do it. It's free. And once you know how to do it, you can it can be your friend for your whole life. How often do you do it? Do you do it once a day? Put I do it every day. I yeah. mean, I do it every day. I, I'm, I'm fortunate enough here in the studio that I have a, a sauna space, a mm. red light sauna. Mm -hmm. And I, I typically do the breathing in there. But honestly, even on my screensaver for Zoom, I ask my clients or my guests or everyone, I say, hey, take three to five deep circular breaths. And I always do that before I come on a podcast too, right? Breath work doesn't have to be 30 minutes. Right. Breath work can be one, three, seven, 10 minutes. Um, I mean, for deeper journeys and catharsis, there's there's a path, you know, there's right. there's acute style breathing, there's wellness breathing, and then there's cathartic breathing. There's really only three ways to breathe, right? And by the way, isn't that funny? It's like we inhale, we hold, we exhale. There's only three patterns right. of breath. There's only three ways to breathe. Oh. Breath brings you to the moment. Breath makes you well or breath makes you heal. That's essentially it. And there's patterns and, and techniques to get people there. Yeah, I love it. And 
I will will connect everybody to how they can get a hold of you for that. But I want to kind of wrap it up at the end here of your present time now as being a dad. And the way I was listening to the 11 ways to conscious parent and every single one is struck a chord in me. And I just would love to, do you, do you know that I wrote them down if you don't have to, but I just, I kind of want to end on that because it's such a passion of mine. And I deal with so many kids that don't have conscious parents or haven't had that, you know, the, the stuff that we've learned as a, you know, like we've been conscious parents and how important it is in this time of the world and where we're going and the world we're living in now. And, you know, it's just a different, we're not living in the same world when I was, you know, when we were growing up, it's just, and no. and that's just, it's a repeat. It's just on repeat and repeat. And, and these adults that are raising these little souls that are so highly more vibrational than any soul that, you know, that they know, Oh yeah. Um, you know, it's just a different, I like how uh, you said that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've, these children Look. are, are so much more aware than way more. Yeah. So, and we can leave a link for this. the The title, if you go on Spotify, is um, "It's a Solo Cast: Eleven Ways to Be a More Conscious Parent." So, first and foremost, I don't care if you do all eleven. If you don't do this one, none of them work. It's mm. it's doing the deepest and most authentic work to love yourself, to release the cords that you and I have talked about today, and to encourage that in your husband, your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend. That's it. If you do that one thing. Like, look, Gabor Mate, who I've tried to get him on the podcast for three years. He's coming. It's just, it's just taking a while. Right. But I love his work so much because he said the greatest gift you can give to your children is a happy marriage. That's mm -hmm. actually the greatest gift you could give to them. You would think, oh, it's Georgetown. It's you know the right clothes and having a car. No, none of that shit matters. What matters the most is a husband and wife showing their children through example. Through example that they love each other, that they respect each other, that they care for each other, that they admire each other, that they are into each other. Like these, This is the unconscious modeling. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very deep right now into NLP. It's something that I'm going to be podcasting and studying for a while. Before I, before I teach others, I really get to have mastery of it myself. Right. But I can share a concept here. And it was from uh, Dr. Milton. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the early pioneers in this space. And he created what's called the Milton model. And he did it by studying not just professionals, but people that are at the highest levels of life, right? Um, doctors, speakers, uh, lawyers at that time. I think it was in the 50s and 60s. Mm -hmm. And what he found was that if you model greatness, if you model success, that there's always clues. Tony Robbins talks about this as well. If you model that, you actually are in training your unconscious mind. And when you entrain your unconscious mind to love yourself, to love your wife or husband, to love your boyfriend or girlfriend, the more you do that, the more you are being that, to go back to what you and I right. were talking about earlier. Yes. And when you're being that, mm -hmm. when you're doing the work, it's a byproduct of you loving yourself enough to do the work. Mm -hmm. And then when you're doing the work, you start having the rewards of doing the work. But it started with being... Right. It started with you acknowledging oh, 100%. it. 100%. And I feel like this gets wrapped up into confusion town because so many people go, oh, if I go to this weekend workshop, then I'm going to be healed. It's like, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> maybe you're right. going to do 50 ayahuasca sessions. And in those, your ego is going to get so inflated that you're going to attract all the meaning to why things have happened for you and that you don't need to be healed at all. And then you're going to go to a hundred more ceremonies and still be an asshole. Yes. I know people oh like gosh. that. Yes. I know people do. like that. Yes. So that's number one is, mm -hmm. is do that. And maybe we don't have time to get through all 11, but I could go top three, right? Sure. Go top three. And then I'll so, bring a few things that I really liked about it. About Beautiful. Beautiful. The next one that's really, really vital. And I say vital because it'll give you vitality is having some type of stillness practice. Maybe it's not perfect meditation or using an app or whatever. It's just a process to check in with yourself. It's a mindfulness exercise. It could be as simple as like you and I right now, we're not going to do this. And you're, if you're in a car, you're not going to do this, but it could just literally close your eyes and take 10 deep breaths in through your nose, belly rises, exhale through your mouth, belly falls. That is a mindfulness practice. We get to stop making it so hard. We get to stop making mindfulness such a 
woo-woo thing. It's a very practical spiritual tool to be mindful, but it takes love for yourself, decision point being, then it takes you doing it. And then the last one that I can share is, is about authenticity. Mm. If, if you are authentic with your child and you're not lying to your child, you're not telling your child one thing, but you actually believe another, they can feel it on some level. They can actually, your, your kids know when you're full of shit. Right. <laughs> like sure. my son, he knows when I'm upset. He'll come to me and he'll, he's, he's two and he'll just like, look at me in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Cute. And, I, and I'm like, I can't hide from you. I can never hide from <laughs> you. Like, it just, it's not possible. So, because your kids feel it, like they, they really feel, they feel you trying to be something you're not. And they feel you when you're just being who you are. And when you're being who you are, there's no facade that's needed. So those are the three things. I mean, there's many more, but those are the three things that I've talked about in that solo cast. And by the way, every solo cast is like something I research. I I really take my time to understand like what are the experts saying about our ways of being? And um, that's really important. I mean, look, I'm, of course, I'm going to toot my own horn. Everybody gets to go to breathwork.io yes. and they get to purchase the Breathe program. It's absolutely incredible. Um, I haven't been on a podcast in actually three months. And oh, so, really? it's, yeah, it's really special actually, because I had the birth of my daughter and right. it's been about three months since I've been someone's guest. So, you know, from my heart, I would love to give everyone just completely half off the program. Oh, So if you go to breathwork.io, then you get half off the program. You just use the code magic. Oh, good. The code Thank magic. You. And you get half off the program. What, what is, um, what is it like now with, a, with having a daughter versus having a boy for you? You say I took a breath before I answered that. <laughs> yeah. Um, my son is like typical, like trucks, yelling, throwing, l- loveliness. Right. <laughs> He's such a lovely dude. Um, I love him so much. And my daughter, I'm getting to know her. Of course, I love her unconditionally. I love them both unconditionally. But the relationship I have with my son, I I turned to Carrie Michelle one day and I was like, How am I going to love her as much as I love him? Hmm. How am I going to do that? I mean, I trust that I will, but I just, I have such a relationship with Nova. Like we went through so much for his birth and it's just been such a journey, you know, to, to be his dad, my own spiritual process. I guess that's what's most exciting about the future, right? Is I don't know what loving two children feels like to the degree of where I am now. That's only mm-hmm. going to happen when she's two years old and he's four years old. Right. So, I mean, I can feel her femininity already. I can feel her softness. She's super vocal in the morning. Like she'll just be like, God, 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 like, like almost for an hour, just straight oh, cute. Just vocal. Um, it's really beautiful. It's really beautiful to be a, a dad of a girl and a boy. I feel like we hit the jackpot, you know, having, yeah. having a son, having a daughter, like I'm done. I'm 43. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Oh, I love it. But no public schools, which I love too. I love that. Never. My children will never touch public school. That's a whole podcast of its own. I know. There, um, there's so many things. And then the, the psychological thing. hooks that are happening uh, in public schools are so demonic. And so really, um, it's something that many of these kids could never come back from, the indoctrination that happens. Mm. Their brains are so malleable that once these ideas of hyper-liberalism and men men birthing children and just this absolute uh. fucking insanity that's happening in the world. Mm-hmm. Once these ideas get impregnated in the minds of children, they may not ever come back. And sadly, we, we have someone in our family that this happened to. So I have oh, firsthand wow. experience of huh. this. I'm not going to say who it is, but but um, yeah, it's really sad to see the indoctrination in my own life and wow. to have personal experience. It's very sad. And so instead of fighting against it, anytime I fight against something, I just fuel it. So I'm not right. anti-trans. I'm not yeah, anti-homosexual. Exactly. I'm not anti-anything. Like no. y'all can do whatever makes you happy. Exactly. I'm pro-family. I'm pro-love. I'm I'm pro-setting an example to your children that um, replenishing the earth is part of our our wisdom and our duty here on on this plane of existence. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to contribute to that. That's fine. There's no shame in that either. But yeah, my kids will never touch public school ever, ever for any reason whatsoever. Like when it comes time, body. when yeah. it comes time to college, but go there if it because no, my daughter no college yeah. as well unless they want to and unless it's coming from a great place right right if it's coming from a great place and it's because they're actually interested in something 
and they want to go to a specific trade school, I mean, personally, personally, I believe everyone can get top-notch education by just diving right into the field they want. Oh, me now, you're of course, my language. Yeah, of course you want to have like basic basic speaking and communication skills, actually advanced communication and speaking skills. If I were to design a school, and I know we get to go in a minute here. If I were to design a school for kids, I would design a school that would be called the self-love school. Mm-hmm. And in the self-love school, they would learn about their worthiness, their value, how to give and receive love, how to give and receive feedback, how to give and receive compassion to self and others. Um, they would learn models of the world. They would learn communication from NLP. They would understand that they do have a purpose here on earth. And then I would, on top of all that, I would then layer the specific skills in the field that they want. And most likely what I'd do is I just have them actually go and mentor with someone mm-hmm. for a year in whatever they want to do. Then they can bypass three years of bullshit in some college that really they just went because their mom wanted a Syracuse sticker on the back. Yeah, I know. Oh, I heard you say that. I was like, so true. Oh my yeah. gosh. Oh, and I'm going, I'm in that place right now. She's a senior and it's just interesting because I was just going to college because that's what you're supposed to do, you know? And it's what you've been taught. Yeah, exactly. I've hired and fired people with master's degrees. I have no college education. Yeah. Look, (laughs) yeah, I'm not, I'm just, so I just loved listening to that. But I do think it's valuable if someone feels genuinely called to it. Right. Right. Are they going to be a doctor or a lawyer or yeah, Yeah, there's specific training that some people need, but for the rest, Right. For the rest, just go mentor with somebody who's doing it. Work right. for free. Work for free, live at home, have a part-time job, and commit yourself to that mentor for free and give them the best service possible. And in exchange, you get the best education of your life. Yes. Uh, mic drop. The whole podcast has been a mic drop, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> this I has been great. It. Thank you. Oh, I've yes. loved it. Uh, so we can find you. You Go get the breath work, Josh Trent. Um, on all everything, right? Yes. And and like I said, you know, look, if you love what we've talked about, there's so much. If you just go to joshtrent.com forward slash podcast. But I really, I really mean this. Like it's been, we're actually gonna move platforms soon. And so I'm I, on the new platform, I'm not gonna be able to give discount codes, which is interesting. But I consider okay. that to be a gift because I think really what I want to do is just have that program be a starting place for people that are serious about their own spiritual development. Mm-hmm. And so for another, I think, four to six weeks before we move platforms, I have the ability to give discount codes. And so here we are, right? And Perfect. and I think it's beautiful. So yeah, breathwork.io and the code is magic for 50% off the program. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So nice to meet you finally. Likewise. This has been great, <laughs> Ashley. Oh, thank you. <laughs>